What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome into the Bell Ringer podcast hosted by Sixers Wire of USA Today Sports Media Group. I'm your host, the editor of the Sixers Wire site, Kai Carlin. And today, guys, I got my guy with me, Nick Fryer, the editor over at NetsWire. And he also covers the Boston Celtics for WEI. And also, I just found out today, he's working over at DraftKings as well. This dude is doing a bunch of different things. A wall-to-wall coverage of sports, not just basketball. This dude, Nick Fryer, is the GOAT. So, Nick, oh. what's going on, buddy? Uh, a, lot, a lot's going on, Kai, but I, I appreciate that intro. That's the best one you've given me yet. Thank you. Uh, because I'm just – I'm impressed. I mean, like, I thought I worked hard. I mean, Jesus Christ. You I mean, do. Get out of here. And you're going to have to work even harder, too, if James Harden goes to Philadelphia. I'll tell you that. Uh, believe me, James Harden, that is one guy we will definitely be getting into the, this podcast de- deeply and heavily. But real quick, right off the top, as Nick and I – we, we kind of be – Whenever I have Nick on the podcast, we kind of like to talk about something random that has nothing to do with the Sixers. And today's random topic is Coach K. Oh, Duke. Oh, I mean, like, listen, Coach K is one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. But the, but the nonsense he's been pulling lately, especially when he was the first one who said, we need NCAA basketball back. We need to have the tournament. Then all of a sudden, Nick, he loses a couple non-conference games at home at Cameron Indoor. Granted, no, no, the Cameron crazies weren't there, but they still lost. And Coach K's out here, like, oh, I don't know if we can have a college basketball season anymore. We need to think about the kids here. Yeah, it's all about the kids. You got to make sure. Yeah, well, isn't that why you needed it back? Because the kids needed that. They needed oh. basketball back. Everybody needs it back. Yeah, this is so weak. I'm so, I'm, I, I, how do you not have a ton of respect for Coach K? It's just a, the greatest, one of the greatest college basketball coaches, one of the greatest basketball coaches, period, of all down. time. And in – and this, but this is so weak. I don't understand how you can how you can justify what he's saying right now. You were the first person to say. I get it. You may have been more you're more educated now than you were before about right. the, the COVID nineteen and all that stuff. But right. aren't you guys taking care of things and making sure you're doing it all right? Haven't we seen a bunch of pro sports teams or, or leagues go through all this now and they're kind of going through it? What's the issue here? You just you're losing right now. You're choking. That's the right. issue. It's embarrassing. Right. Right, and this came after uh, they played Illinois the other night in the uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, and Illinois went in there and they they beat them. Now, now, it wasn't just a squeak either. I mean, Illinois went in there beat them thoroughly. Which I mean, Illinois looks like a Final Four team, by the way. Like if we're gonna be honest this this year. Hey man, I, look, I'm not a, I'm not an Illinois fan because they're technically like our rival school at Northwestern. But oh. anytime anytime Big Ten is out winning against other other schools, I'm all about it. So. I'm not a big Duke fan either, as much as I respect Coach K, so I don't hate it. I mean, listen, I understand that as well. And also, one more topic before we really dive into this podcast, guys. I don't have to watch Michigan lose by 50-plus to Ohio State this week. So, I am so incredibly happy about that. Mm. But I have one gripe, Nick. Why is the Big Ten changing their college football rule for the Big Ten championship game? The rule was you had to play at least six games to be eligible for the title game. Mm-hmm. And now because the Michigan-Ohio State game got canceled and Ohio State came up one game short, now they're changing their rule. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you know what? Maybe you don't need to play six games to be in the Big Ten title game. And now they're going to allow Ohio State to get in there. Which, I mean, listen, Ohio State deserves to be there. They're the best team in the Big Ten. Who they playing, by the way? Huh? I think they're they, playing Western. I think they're yeah. Playing. Oh yeah, that's right. They're playing the Cats. Yeah, they big are, year. They're, yeah, they're 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 playing they're playing the Wildcats. In which I'm like, listen, my Michigan hat, go Northwestern. So, nice. but at, at the end of the day, though, if it was any other team, if it was any other team, they are not changing that rule. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. Well, 
you don't think they changed that rule for Michigan or Michigan State because you guys are those three are high profile schools as much as the other I ones think, are names. It's different I think maybe maybe Michigan, Michigan mm-hmm. State. No, uh, I don't think so. Okay, right. that, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, they, they're just such high profile schools. But Michigan in, in Ohio State are definitely at a different level from everybody else in the Big Ten. I'll absolutely grant you that. And it's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of BS. But you know what? If Northwestern was to go on and win it, and they didn't beat Ohio State, it just it wouldn't. It wouldn't look as good. I mean, don't get me wrong. As a Northwestern fan, it's like, great. I don't care. You won. This is It's like the NBA bubble. This is what was presented to you, and right, you went and took right, advantage right. of it. But personally, as you know, as a competitor, you want to go through the best opponent that you can possible usually. And Ohio State, in this case, absolutely is that for Northwestern. I mean, listen, I hear it. I respect it. And just, you know, from, from a Michigan fan, I'm just, you know, uh, I, I – I, Ohio State should not be in this title game. They're, they're, you know, Big Ten breaking their rule. I'm not about it. Not about it. Anywho, you know, I can't talk about it no more, Nick. We're going right into the podcast right now. Philadelphia 76ers getting ready for what they hope will be a much better 2020-21 season compared to a really tough and rough 2019-20 year. Bringing in Doc Rivers, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight Howard all of a sudden. is sounding like a, a wise old veteran rather than the goofy youngster we knew with the Orlando Magic. There is a lot to like about the Sixers right now. Ben Simmons apparently is working on his three-point shot more with assistant coach Sam Cassell. Which, yeah. Which, Nick, after I wrote that article, I, I, I loved your, uh, your reaction. You said, LMAO, I like it. Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah, as, as soon as I saw your tweet, because I, as soon as you tweet, I get it sent to me right away. I'm just like, subscribe to your account. And I, as soon as I saw it, I just I couldn't hold back. I'm sorry. It's, no, listen. Come on, what's that going to do? What's it going to do, Kai? I understand it, Nick. It's, I understand it every single year for the past two, three years. We've heard it all. Ben Simmons working on a jump shot. Ben coming back with a jump shot. Watch out for Ben with a jump shot this year. Then in the bubble, he was working on that jump shot in the bubble. Oh, he took two three-pointers in their scrimmage game against Memphis. It's good. It's coming out. And then he took he took one three-pointer in the seeding games before his knee injury, and then that kind of ended all that hype. So I understand it. I really do. The thing is, though, Nick, it's so tantalizing because Ben Simmons does everything else at such an elite level where everybody's like, dude, if you just come back with some type of jump shot, you all of a sudden go from – he was ranked 16th by ESPN. If he comes back with a jump shot, oh, he could jump into the top ten. Like, that's how good he can, he can honestly be. The him getting a jump shot changes things immensely because now it's not going to be as challenging for him to be able to drive. And that's obviously the better part of his offensive game. I, w- I just don't think it's ever going to happen. I honestly don't. It's, just, it's how, at what point, like it's taken so long. What is going to be, if he gets it down, he needs to tell us what that little thing was that switched things because it's not going to be right. about, it's not going to be anything about the opponents. It's all about him at this stage. I, and I just, I need, I don't need him to give us the silent treatment on it. If you come out this year and you shoot like 30% or midway through the year, you're shooting like 30% from three, I need you to tell us what the difference has been because I, it just, I have no reason to believe that anybody can fix this for him. No, listen, I hear it. I hear it because like it's not just Sam Cassell who was helping him out with this too, Nick. Danny Green is now mm-hmm. kind of in his ear being like, hey, listen, you can do this. We've seen your jump shot videos, dude. We have all have seen them. Uh, this is what Danny Green said on his podcast uh, inside the green room. And he was talking about it, saying, like, listen, we've seen your jump shot videos. We've all seen you in warm-ups. Bring it out in the game. Have the confidence to shoot it in a game. So now not only will it be Sam Cassell, he'll have a veteran, Danny Green, who's got three championships. He's won the last two with uh, Toronto and then the Lakers. 
you know, Danny Green, I feel like could be a guy, could be a difference maker for them, not just for uh, for Ben, but for Joel as well. I feel like Danny could kind of be a, not only a floor spacer for Joel, but could help him out as well in terms of like leadership, getting in his ear, getting him right, things like that. Yeah, as a real quick aside with, with Green, I did not know that trade wasn't official already. I think I saw yeah. it official this week, right? Yeah, that trade that trade was made November 18th, draft night, uh, back on the draft wow. night. It did not become official until Tuesday, December 8th. Wow. Danny Green could not, you know, be with the team until December 8th. He didn't practice until December 9th. And train, uh, their first preseason game is December 15th. And then their yeah. first regular season game is December 23rd against the Washington Wizards. So, yeah, Danny Green, he, he couldn't even be with the team till the 8th. And, and it was because of that trade from the Lakers to the Thunder. It was something with the CBA, his contract. Oh, okay. His contract had to be aggregated. Because remember, he got traded twice during the offseason from the Lakers yeah. to the Thunder and then from the Thunder to the Sixers. So that's why Danny Green wasn't able to show up. But, yeah, it was wild. It didn't become official till the 8th. So do you think that Danny Green's going to have an Oklahoma City Thunder trading card? He should, right? I feel like he should, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like somebody out there you, – you know there's going to be somebody out there that's going to Photoshop a Danny Green Thunder. Yeah, there are definitely – and there are some that, ha- that, that happens with. Like, you know, they, they get traded, like, right before the deadline for the cards come in and they Photoshop stuff on. I'd love to see that. I might, I might get a Danny Green Oklahoma City Thunder card. And there's got to be some weird Trevor Arizo ones now, too. But anyways, I, yeah, I think, Kai, we, look, we've talked a lot about how – Josh Richardson was that guy who it seemed like had the potential to be the leader that the Sixers needed. But it's, it was weird because he's not the best guy on the team, but and he's not like the second best or whatever. He's not this like crazy, you know, seasoned veteran. You right. need to be either one of the best, you know, two best guys on the team or a seasoned veteran. I prefer a seasoned veteran. And I think we everybody thought Horford could be that. But again, you saw what he did in Boston, saw what he did in Philadelphia. Now, like it's just not his personality. Danny Green, Great. This is a good chance for you because you know what? You went with, with the Lakers and won it, but they traded your ass. Like they got, they just, they won with you. And it's like, thanks. See you later, bud. And with him and Dwight Howard, they're now teammates again. You have a united front. And as I think that makes a huge difference. I don't know what, how, you know, tight those two are, but I got to imagine going from the Lakers and then basically the Lakers moving on from them has got to help motivate them a little bit extra to want to be better. So I think this is, this is absolutely huge. And, it's, and they've won. They've both won, and Green's done yeah. it twice. Green's done it three times. Yeah, well, yes, three times. Yes, two times last uh, two years. Right, last, last two years. Now, then, so I feel like Green can do a lot of good things for both Ben and Joel, but here's the, the million-dollar question, though, Nick. If Ben does not come up with a jump shot, do you consider moving him to the Houston Rockets in, in the James Harden deal? Because at this point in time – Doc Rivers and Daryl Morey have continuously said, listen, we want to see what Ben and Joel can do uh, together under Doc. We want to see what they can do, give Doc an opportunity to coach them. And we believe that, you know, they're young enough to still make the strides. But Mm -hmm. if you can bring in a guy like Harden and team him up with Joel, all of a sudden the, the Sixers are looking like a much different team because Harden is much, much more explosive offensively than Ben Simmons. Yeah, I don't uh, look. I, I'm not a James Harden fan at all. I don't like. Believe I don't me, like I his game. That. Yeah, I don't like his game. Um, but obviously, he's one of the best players in the league. He's a prolific scorer. I don't like the foul hunting that he does, but it's obviously very effective. I do think, that, and, and look, Daryl Morey loves him. And now you have Daryl Morey. He's back with an elite big man. He has the only. I know he mentioned it to you guys. He hasn't had one in a long time. 
And then he gets his guy back, James Harden, who he thinks is a better scorer than Michael Jordan was. Whatever. Right, right. I think that – I think right now the Sixers are in the driver's seat to get Harden if they want to because you now can – nobody. I don't think anybody else is going to come in and swoop in and take him away. This, the Nets don't have the the players to move, to get Harden unless they want to get rid of Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen, um, assuming that's enough in the Rockets' mind. Right. But, I, but if you're the Rockets and, – and I feel like it's the same thing with either Philadelphia or Brooklyn – we're talking about James Harden here. He is a top 10 player, borderline top five, depending on who you talk to. Yep. If, you know, if you can stay strong in your stance and realize that you want a superstar talent in return, if I'm Houston, I'm expecting nothing less than Ben Simmons and a load of draft picks and another young player if I'm Philadelphia, uh, from Philadelphia. And then when it comes to Brooklyn, it's same thing with them. I'm like, yo, you better give me Kyrie or Kevin Durant. Like, we're talking about James Harden here. Like, we're talking about yeah. <laughs> an absolute superstar. Yeah, and they're, not getting, they're not getting rid of Kyrie. I don't care what anybody says. I know Stefan Bondi from New York Daily News tried to say, the Rockets should be asking about Kyrie. The whole thing, like, that would be the ultimate, like, betrayal in, the, in, the, right. like, in sports history. Like, they came together and did this, and this is – Kyrie wanted to be in Brooklyn. It's his thing. This is the team he talks about all the time. Like, I loved him growing up in Jersey and all that stuff. That would be the ultimate betrayal. I couldn't imagine anybody doing that. No, nah, for for sure. I, I can't I can't see Harden being traded. I just can't. And now now obviously um, there was a new report that just came out. Uh, the Miami Heat are now a, a destination for Harden, as are the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> but the Bucks are probably out of it because the Bucks gave up three first round picks for Drew Holiday. So yep. I, I don't see. I don't know if Milwaukee really has the assets anymore to go after a guy like Harden. So no, unless you unless you like said <laughs> unless they're like, hey, Chris Milton, we love you, we appreciate you, everything you did, but bye bye. I don't know how how the money adds up, but again, that would be that would not be on the same level as trading Kyrie from the Nets to the Rockets, but that would right. be a, a pretty big time betrayal too if they did that right like there's that one and then if you're the heat uh i saw that the heat aren't willing to give up tyler hero which again i also understand hero's a young guy um harden is 31 uh even though harden probably has you know i think harden can average 25 plus for the next five years yeah uh probably right yeah Uh, look for both those teams i think it'd be a huge improvement i do think though that to to go back to the sixer side of it i think that they're in the driver's seat because i think it's the best fit for them they have the most to offer and the rockets have said as much as you know look harden's in camp right now and as much as it's very uncomfortable for them right now you don't need to you don't need to be ben debose and be on those conference calls like he is right now filling ever filling us in over at rockets wire but we all know it's uncomfortable. It's just, it, it's permeating through the works. Um, right. And so I think that, um, I, I think that the, for the Sixers, though, it's the best fit too. I think you're right. They should wait on Ben, see how it works out. And, but, but don't be afraid to pull that trigger, you know, early because it could make a huge difference for them in the long haul. But if Ben has a, like, like for me, if Simmons is shooting, I mean, if he's shooting threes on, with some regularity and he's shooting 30%, then it's all right, we, there's progress. Now, then I will believe that he can go even further with it. And even if he's 30%, we've seen when, when Giannis improved his three-point shooting, how it messed with a bunch of people. But I don't know how I feel about the fit for the Bucks. I actually hate the, that idea because those two are supposed to hate each other. And now you're going to buddy up? That's a little weird. And then the oh, heat, I don't like the fit. I just don't, it doesn't seem right to me. Yeah, didn't Giannis hit hard in the face with a basketball? Bye-bye. Dude, they've chirped each other so much. He said he, he didn't want to – he didn't draft him in the All-Star game because he wanted to make sure he'd get somebody who could pass. 
He, yeah. um, what else? He, oh, he said we're gonna have whoever we're gonna target whoever James Harden is guarding. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna give it to him on offense. Like all these different things. I just would hate to see those two, like, you know what, let's put our differences aside and let's play together and go for top. No, no, seriously, fuck that. I don't want to see that shit. <laughs> Get out of here with that. And I don't like the heat fit, Kai, because I think that Jimmy Butler's the guy there. You bring James right. Harden in, it will not take long for him to try and sink his claws in and make it his team. And I just don't know what that's going to look like. I like that. Like, they're, they're a guy away from being a legitimate title contender as opposed to a team that can make it to the finals. But Harden's not the guy I want to see there. I don't know because I mean everybody everybody always tries to kind of pit, make Jimmy out to be this guy who's like who's got to have his hands on the team and it's me it's my team and blah blah blah. Jimmy to me is legitimately all about winning. Mm. So well, that's the thing though. So James Harden. Thing, though, mm-hmm. If you have Harden and Jimmy on the same team, who's stopping that? And then you got Bam. Especially like if you're the Heat, you can keep Bam and all that too. Mm-hmm. And you got Bam, Jimmy, James. Um, you'll probably have Dragic still there as like like a you know a veteran guard. And then um, and then and then if you can keep Tyler Hero, then all of a sudden I mean I'm looking at the Heat and I'm like yo I don't see how anybody's beating you right now because as it stands right now Nick as we head into the NBA season which wow dude we're gonna start in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. I, I really believe that the Brooklyn Nets right now are my pick to come out of the Eastern Conference because of what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving bring to the table. I've always said this a million times. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are two extraordinary basketball players, and the pieces they have around them, plus a basketball savant in Steve Nash, I'm not sure how anybody beats Brooklyn four times in seven games. But if you're Miami, you get Harden, or even if you're the Sixers. If you're the Sixers and you bring Harden here, if you're the Heat, whatever, then you have a challenger. But I don't see the Bucks challenging the Nets right now. I, I don't see the Bucks challenging us. I agree with you 100% on, on Harden. Look, even if Harden went to the Heat and I don't love that hit, I do wonder – or uh, that fit. I don't know how they get that done without Bam being involved if you're not going to involve Hero. Just just a quick aside. I, I, I don't yeah. want – like, I don't think the Heat should do that. But, I again, if they if they in some fantasy land, James Harden goes to the Heat and it's Jimmy Butler, James Harden, and Bam Adebayo, then yeah, that's that's still going to be a problem. I just don't know. I don't love the, the idea of it because I like the Heat. I respect the Heat. I don't like James Harden. So it's just and, it, and it, it's just what it is. Now, if he goes to the Sixers, though, Kai, it, to me that that they grow exponentially compared to the Heat, in my opinion. And I think it's like okay, now that's probably my number two team in the East at that point. And then I would say the Bucks. And then it doesn't really matter from there because it's probably going to be – it's more than likely at that point to be Sixers, um, Nets, in the Eastern Conference Finals. But I'm with you. The Nets, how, they have to be the favorite. And, and if like, – I, I know people are concerned about uh, Kevin Durant's Achilles, and rightfully so, but right. everybody's saying he looks good, and, and, and I get it. All the Nets guys, they're going to say he looks good, right? But the big thing for me that stood out so far is actually what Chris Chioza said to us on Thursday – about Kevin Durant because he played him like as they had this group of guys who weren't playing a ton of minutes. Like this is around the, the when the calendar flipped over, they he was one of them. And and they asked like, what's the somebody asked him today, what's the difference between then and now with Kevin Durant? And they said he shows us said the biggest thing is he's creating contact himself now. He is he is not shying away from it. We don't have to worry about it. He's just doing it and doing whatever the hell he wants. Now see that's huge. The yeah, mental aspect's not an issue for him right now. So if that's not there and the physical side's got to be there, if that's the case, dude's rolling. Now, see, that is huge. If Kevin Durant is right now cr- creating his own, his own contact, 
moving forward and really getting back to the player he once was, Nick, then, yeah, like I said, I don't see anybody beats Brooklyn. And then right now my number two team is Milwaukee, as things stand right now in the East. I've got Boston three, and I've got Philadelphia four ahead of Miami, mm-hmm. uh, and even ahead of Toronto right now. I've got them ahead of the Raptors too. I just, I just with the Raptors, I'm not really sure how them playing in Tampa Bay, being so far away from their family because of Canada's COVID rules right now. Just, I'm, I'm really concerned about how that's going to affect the Raptors this year. I still think they're going to be a really good team. They'll be tough. Kyle Lowry, Aaron Baines, you know. But they lost Marcus Saul. They lost Serge Ibaka. Toronto's kind of out of Serge it. Serge is a bigger is a bigger loss for me. Yeah, I think I think Toronto has gone in the wrong direction. I don't know how many teams with the East in the East you can necessarily say that with, but I think that Toronto absolutely has. And I would I think I have I have the Heat ahead of the Sixers, but my top three right now are the same as yours. Just flip flop my four and five, and then yeah. I would probably go with Toronto, and that brings us to six. And then from there, it's either for seven, it would be the Pacers. And the Wizards are probably my two teams. Yeah, the Wizards. I got the Not Wizards. In that order. I've got the Wizards and the Hawks fighting for the eight seed. But for me, I'm I would lean more towards Washington just because of what Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. I think that they can do. As much as I love the Hawks as a team, you know, I feel like Westbrook and Beal are just they're going to be too good for Atlanta to like kind of really. Yeah, you know what? The Hawks, I am sleeping on them. Like, the, the, the Pacers are in kind of, like, turmoil right now, and the Hawks have added yeah. a lot of guys. Yeah, Indiana's in a weird spot. Like, I'm not really sure how to, like, really look at Indiana. I do like Boston's additions of Jeff Teague and uh, Tristan Thompson. I feel like the, the, those two additions will be very nice. Thompson's huge. Yeah, yeah. Thompson's a huge one, especially for the Celtics when it comes to, uh, you know, attacking the glass and everything. So, like, like, like there, there's a lot to like about the Celtics. When it comes to the East, though, and really specifically Philadelphia, the reason why I'm putting the Sixers ahead of Miami and, like, really kind of fighting for that top three there, though, Nick, is the fact that they finally added the right pieces around Ben and Joel. Now, listen, their, their offensive rating two years ago, Ben and Joel's, 117. In 2018-19, their offensive rating was 116.6 or something like that off the top of my head. And then last year, it dropped. They dropped to 104.7. And that's why everybody was like, oh, they got to move Ben or Joe. They got to move Ben or Joe. It's clearly, it's clearly one of their faults. But really, it just it, they need the shooting. They, need, they absolutely need the shooting. So I feel like with the shooting they have now, Seth Curry, 45% from deep. Danny Green, career 40% three-point shooter. Uh, Tobias Harris is going to get him back to the four and have a lot less pressure on him to kind of be the one three-point shooter. Because I don't know if you remember last year, Nick, but Brett Brown was trying to call Tobias Harris his tall J.J. Redick. <laughs> I actually did not hear that. I don't know how the hell you didn't tell me that. He, has some, he, has, some, tell you that. he has some of the most ridiculous cops ever, and that one is brutal. And, and, and Tobias listen, Harris? Oh, come on, dude. <clears throat> and listen, it's not Brett Brown's fault. Just he kind of got presented with this roster. Yeah. But, but it was like – but Brett kind of looked at Tobias and was like, dude, I need you to be J.J. Redick. Because they had no shooting. Yeah. That, yeah. Shooters, there's less pressure on Tobias to be the one guy to shoot the ball. you got Seth, Danny, um, Shake Milton, too, who shot 43% from deep last year. Uh, Furkan Korkmaz shot over 40%. Now you're adding in Seth and Danny. And I feel like the Sixers right now are just going to be a very sneaky good offensive team. But then on top of that, defensively, between Ben and Joe, Danny, and uh, Terrence Ferguson, too. Terrence Ferguson. Yeah, that's a nice hat. Yeah, Ferguson, the only reason why he even played for the Thunder was because he could play defense. 
Mm-hmm. And like that was the only reason because my boy averaged four point eight points per game. He's basically the guard version of Ben Wallace. Like like my my man can't do anything offensively, but he's a beast on defense. Does that mean he's your new favorite Sixers player? Oh. Uh, secretly, he just might be, Nick. He just might be. I, mean, I loved Ben Wallace as a kid. Yes. I know growing, you did. Gr- gr- growing, up, growing up out there in the Midwest over there in Michigan. So, um, but yeah, like, like, listen, Philadelphia's a solid team, man. I really love the additions they made. And that's why I have them ahead of Miami, just because Ben and Joel are probably better than anybody on Miami's roster outside of maybe Bam. Ben and um, – um, yeah, I think – yeah, I think that's fair. I look. I, I think that there's a thing though with experience too for these guys. I mean, for the Heat, no, they, for they, sure. For and, sure. And Jimmy Butler, like, and they have. And there's something in the league now that's kind of gone away with. Yeah. So, you, so in Philly, you have the right pieces, but with these guys, there's like it's there's chemistry. Like they're they are a little bit more than just the right pieces assimilated together. There's a, they are a team, a thousand percent. Miami Heat is a is a team. I can't necessarily say that about the, the Brooklyn Nets. I can't necessarily say that. I mean, because look at them. They, they had – they have what? Like, um, their, their key pieces that were, are there from, like, the oh, – it was the 18-19 the, uh, team. The only pieces that are left, I think, are Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, and Joe Harris. Like, the legitimate pieces. So, I, I can't go like, – like, Rodion Kurtz is not a legitimate piece, but he's still here. So, I think that with the Heat, that is a slight advantage I'm willing to give them. And the Sixers, you know, like, it's – they've – made a lot of mistakes through the years. So like I, I'm just going to knock them down a slight peg, but still, I think that the top four in the East right now, like the, the East still catches heat. I don't understand this. Like I, I saw Jalen Rose said something. Yeah, like, neither do I. Like, like, like the East is good, dude. The East is legit. And, and guess what? Everybody, like I, I don't look at the Wizards as a legitimate contender, but people can say what they want about them. Russell Westbrook, who I would not want on my team person if I'm trying to win a, a title, but if I'm trying to make the playoffs, Russ is going to get you there. He did it in the Western Conference by himself. He will do it with the Wizards in the Eastern Conference. No doubt about it. And with that, yeah. the Thunder, like, the West was stacked even more. Yeah, without a doubt. And, 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 that, and that's why I'm picking the Wizards to make the playoffs. Like, yeah. like, like, like this is why I think Washington gets in as much as I really like Atlanta – like as a whole, and I feel like the Hawks are going to have one of the you know the brighter futures in the Eastern Conference after Brooklyn after Brooklyn's reign. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but in terms of the Eastern Conference, so Philadelphia is going to be battling each and every night. Like they're going to be opening up against that Wizards team opening night, December 23rd. Now, g- granted, it, it's going to be in Philadelphia and no fans, but it's going to be interesting to kind of see how they handle playing against a Wizards team with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. Cause bad Bradley Beal's a team, I assume not a team, he's a guy that has been giving the Wizards, uh, giving the Sixers a lot of trouble every time they match up. So. Yeah. Yeah. I now it's just like Bradley Beal's finally going to have another star to play alongside. John Wall's been on the bench for two years and oh, real quick. Can we talk about that for a hot second though, Nick, did you mm-hmm. see the tribute video that the Wizards posted for John Wall? How did they I- trade them? I saw that they posted something. I'm, like, I'm not watching this. This is ridiculous. The amount of tribute videos that these guys get oh, is so. You're saying John Wall doesn't deserve that? I'm just saying it's so. It just gets too much, dude. What do they show him dancing all the time? Which I love. I mean, I do like that. Oh, oh, oh you're offended now. I'm offended. I, I, I'm really just wow. It, it felt like somebody was cutting onions when I was watching that video, man. Oh my god. John Wall is a Washington Wizards legend, dude. Sure, but I mean, what has he really done? I mean, yeah, sure, he's an all-star and stuff, but I mean... I, th- I think he's like fourth in franchise history in points. I know he leads the franchise in steals and assists, um, and I'm pretty sure he's in the top ten in something else, too, I forget, but... 
And and then I know I know you remember that that shot in Game Six against Boston. I know they I know they lost Game Seven, but I know I know you remember that Game Six shot. How, how many times did they make the playoffs under him? That's what I want to know. Like how many like legitimate run, like I know they didn't make legitimate runs. I, I, you know what though? I feel like if they had a bench in 2017, Washington would have beat Boston. Because if you I don't know if you remember it, but Game Seven was that game Kelly Olynyk hopped off the bench and had like 20 something points for the Celtics. Yes. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, that was the Kelly Olynyk game. Yes, Kelly. Now the Wizards put up like a hundred or something points in that in that game, but they lost because their bench gave five points. Their bench gave five points. Meanwhile, the Celtics are getting twenty something from Kelly Olynyk off their bench to mm. you know to pretty much swing the game towards the Celtics in Game Seven. Now, granted, this was 2017, and I think Cleveland ran through Boston in the conference finals, and they would have ran through the Wizards as well. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Washington, I feel like, was the better team in 2017 over the Celtics. I Like, John Wall and Bradley Beal were clicking that year. Like, Wall was incredible. The John Wall-Russell Westbrook trade, should for Sixers fans who think, oh, they won't trade Ben Simmons, which I don't know. I, I would imagine Sixers fans would think he is very tradable. Um It'll absolutely happen. Like if, if, it, if, if Daryl Morey's not feeling good about it and the Rockets are still knocking on the door, he loves, loves James Harden. Like, it is sure. ridiculous. He will pull the trigger on that. No doubt in my mind. No, for sure. And, and, and you, make a, you bring up a good point. Everybody was thinking, oh, the Wizards aren't going to trade John Wall. He, he's they so- said they're not going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, I feel like it's the same thing here in Philadelphia. Right now we kind of keep hearing that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid aren't going to be traded which right now uh, I can tell you I, I really don't believe they're going to move those guys at this point in time. But let's just say, Nick, they get, that the Sixers get off to a slow start this year. Let's say they start, I don't know, 5-5, five and 6-4, five, and four, something like that. You, you best believe Daryl's going to be, you know, looking over at Houston and hit up Raphael Stone and be like, hey, dude, like, you know what, maybe we will consider moving Ben for James Harden. You yep. know what I'm saying? So I, I, feel, I feel like they, you know, that they, there is something there especially if the Sixers go off to a slow start. I feel like that's going to be something that is going to be very interesting to watch. I absolutely agree. And I, I think, look, there are, it's really hard to say who's untradeable in this league. We've started to see more and more. It's like, it's yeah. like, it used to seem like, you know, if you're a top 25 guy, no way in hell you're getting moved unless it's like the last year of your deal and things are going terribly for the team and blah, blah, blah. Now it's like, it's totally changed. And I think that Joel Embiid, is real he I consider untradeable, but Ben Simmons, especially with James Harden out there as an availability, like I think, I I think he could very easily get moved. I think that they have time though. I think they should. Why not? Why not see what happens? And all you have to worry about is if if he doesn't do well, do we do we talk to the, the Rockets or if other people start talking to the Rockets, do we have to make a decision sooner than we decided to? That's really it. Those are the only two things. And I think, I don't, I really don't think the Rockets are going to get a package better than something that involves Ben Simmons right now for a while. No, I mean, listen, I completely agree because I mean, they really want a superstar in return and mm-hmm. every, and I know the, the NBA is a players run league. The players pretty much at the end of the day get, pretty much whatever they want. But when I, when I look at Harden and I look at the Rocket situation, the Rockets do have them on their contract. They're basically like, dude, you can bitch and whine and moan all you want, but you are under contract with us. 
Mm-hmm. We are not going to trade you until we get the, the package that we want and deserve. Um, I, I do believe that he's not going to be traded anytime soon. Like, like that's my thing. Like we're going to hear a bunch of rumors, but I feel like he'll be moved maybe toward, maybe towards the trade deadline in March. Like yeah. I feel like that is when we'll see like some, some crazy James Harden deal. But as for the moment right now, no, absolutely not. I also don't know. Like we're talking about Simmons, the Rockets. I do not know how that would fit with John Wall at all. I don't. Yeah. That's another thing too. That's another but that's thing. Not, that's not our problem. That You have been on for that. See if he can figure that shit out. Right, right. Like, like I'm not really sure how, how that would even work. You know, yeah, well, I'm going to have to have Ben on that uh, next time, dude. Like, like we're going to have to kind of figure – we're going to have to pick his brain a little bit. So, I mean, listen, it is what it is. I feel like right now Philadelphia's in a much better spot than they were last year. You know, when we were talking about this team in August when they were again swept by the Celtics, this roster is a lot better right now. And I, I know everybody's going to kind of be like, how can you say that? And it's because they put legitimate shooting around these guys. If you go back and look at the past when they had J.J. and Covington and then uh, Jimmy and Tobias that, that for that first run, everybody seems to forget that the Sixers had the best starting five in the league when it was Simmons, Redick, Butler, Harris, and Bede. That was the st- statistically the best starting five seed. There she is. What's up, Sable? My cat just walked across my screen, guys. There cat- it is. The, the, the joys of working from home, dude. I can't wait to get back in arenas. Um at the end of the day, though, that starting lineup in 2019 was statistically the best starting five in the NBA. So, right. that a shooting around Simmons and Embiid again, dude, the Sixers are in a much, are in a much better spot. I don't, I don't think that they're going to win a title. I think that maybe the Eastern Conference Finals could be a realistic uh, des- like destination for them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would kind of depend on – a lot of it would depend on Ben and Joe. Sixers yeah. will go as far as Ben and Joe will take them. I agree. Yes. I I didn't want to correct you. So I, I think when we talked, when Doc Rivers came on um, to, to the staff or took over, I thought, all right, it's nice. Yeah, it's, it, it looks good, but how much is it really going to change things? Daryl Morey has, who I, I love to make fun of for what he did in Houston towards the end, he has done a great job of fixing things for this team and turning them into a, a legitimate threat in the Eastern Conference. I don't think that they are title contenders right now. But Ben Simmons, if he, if he continues to develop, and if Joel Embiid plays, you know, like everybody is telling him to play, you know, maybe Dwight Howard helps him out with that and, and, and whatever, because, you know, he's won, Doc Rivers has won, and Doc Rivers has coached a pretty damn good big man before, and, uh, and Kevin Garnett, and then Danny Green has won three times, not two, three times, as you like to point out. Like that, you have all that there. This team has a chance to surprise some people. Um, but either way, like they, they could surprise me still, but I think they're a legitimate team in the Eastern Conference, no questions asked, because the Eastern Conference is so much better than it's been. It's slowly, actually, th- through the last few years, gotten a lot better to where it is now. Absolutely. Now, final thoughts, man. Um, you know what? I really I can't wait for basketball to be back. Uh, I'm excited. Um, even though it's going to be really weird not having, like, fans in arenas. It, it really is going to be strange. I thought the bubble was weird. I was happy with the product, but I thought the bubble was just weird because, you know, we we're missing the energy of uh, like the fans and everything. So I really hope that we can kind of get back to normal pretty soon. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're getting, back, we're getting hoops back. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I, I, I felt like two, we were watching 2K, honestly, sometimes with that. It was very right. bizarre. It was, it was really weird, like with all the stuff they had on the screens and all the fake fans and all that crap. Or I guess the real fans, but they're there virtually, whatever it was. Yeah, they were they were like connected through Zoom or whatever. You know what? Yeah. Speaking of two K, so I, um, 
my friend Kelsey, shout out to Kelsey, lent me uh, an Xbox One until I get the new Xbox Series S or, or whatever. And he downloaded NBA 2K21 on it for me. And I go into the My Career mode because, you know, I want to start off a new My Career. Mm. And tell me why I have to start off in high school. High school? Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, you start off in high school basketball. I'm playing for some random high school in north northern New Jersey. And you play three high school games. Uh, then, yeah, high school? Yeah. Hey. I, I don't know. I never looked up the high school. I just, I was like, well, I mean, like, is it like, like, is it like an act? No, I don't care if they're good. Like, is it an actual high school is what I want to know. I'm curious if they got like rights or whatever. I've got no idea. The point is I'm playing in high school gyms, like, and like legitimately, you're, and like you're playing for your scholarship in college. Like right now, like I have three colleges interested in me, Michigan State, West Virginia, and uh, I think Virginia Tech. We're, we're like we're like the three. You you do well at West Virginia for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Well, I'm going to West Virginia. I'm not going to Michigan State. Like, if they offer me a scholarship, I can't do it. I can't turn it down. <laughs> Go blue. That's, so, and, and then are you going to have to play college games too? Is that how it works? Apparently, that's how it works. I haven't gotten to the college portion of my my career mode just yet. Right now, I'm still in the high school portion. Still but in like, high school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still in the high school portion. Of it. <laughs> are you going to take a prep year too? Are you doing? Are you guys good at school? I don't know, man. I might. I'm thinking about it. I, I, I'll have to talk to my agent. Yeah, yeah. They're give, you're given an agent, by the way, and, and your father. And and the story is your father played in the NBA, and, and, and like and like right now you're kind of following in your father's footsteps or whatever. It's it, it's it's crazy. Uh, like, well, I mean, one thing we do have to remember is this game is catered to kids primarily. But that's a good it, point. Yes. So that's, that's the only thing. That's, I think it's important to remember, but it is still weird that they're having high school now. Definitely bizarre. Like I just, I just, I want to, you know, you join your my career mode, and normally you just, you, you kind of hop on, you know, you you go to the yeah. draft, and then you go from there. So yeah, you got like a combine thing or whatever. I remember that's the last the last time I had a my player. It must have been when I was in college, and I, my guy was definitely a, he was like a point guard. Shook, you know, I want to make him six feet, like how tall I am, and then I gave him some flow too. I think he had a goatee. He looked like a he looked like um. You ever watch Sons of Anarchy? No. Oh, uh, he looked like the main character from Sons of, Sons of Anarchy, essentially, but with black hair like me instead of blonde. Um, Got you. But yeah, Got so you. He, he, he caused some problems. Eh, listen, I hear it. All right. Make sure you guys check out Nick Fryer's work over at netswire.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Nick underscore Fryer. And also check out his Celtic stuff over at WEI. And also his DraftKings stuff as well for all, for all my sports bettors and gamblers out there. Nick, thank you for coming off with me today, brother. Always a pleasure. And then also Batman sucks. And that's how we're going to end off the podcast as we do every day here on the Bell Ringer Sixers Wire. We'll see you guys next time.